No ketchup. No ketchup. really good my people welcome into no catch up sports on beat chicago i'm your host sean little big and the quick with me as always i'm on a road game i'm in new york but we had to hop on and talk about some of this uh, nba trade line trade deadline activity man big nick the quick what's going on what's the business flurry a flurry of moves flurry yeah. of moves whole league going crazy yeah to say to say the very least there was a flurry of moves some I don't really understand, but we'll talk about it all. I know, um, what do you want to talk about first? You want to get into Portland? Yeah, I think we should start with Portland. That was obviously the first deal that was made, and they had made the uh, the Norm Powell trade a couple of days prior to, so clearly Portland was uh, was focused on moving around some folks. So yeah, let's get into that Portland deal. Yo, double check you're on the mic real quick. Let's see. But yeah, you're right, and I think it's one of those things that, should have been kind of done a while ago. They were patching up and patching up and patching up and then them going and then them going on to that Western Conference Finals after Dame, you know, put Russ and OKC to sleep didn't help the it kind of it kind of pulled the wool over their eyes a little bit that they 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 had a contender that could really push for another Western Conference Finals, and no, they the, didn't have that squad. The real them was the year before when they got swept by the Pelicans in the first round. Yeah, that that should have been the real that should have been the real wake up call as to what kind of team they were. So yeah, obviously that next year they make that run to the Western Conference Finals. But we've been talking about this forever, especially me. I've been on the Portland Trail Blazers need to make a change train for years. It was clear Hold that on. your audio is 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 fucking up. It's like cutting in and out. Hold on. You think you think it might not be uh, your uh... my headphones? Yeah, it might be your headphones because yours. Is okay, kind of you sound you sound good on your side. Yeah, as far as I can tell, it's it's consistent. Okay. Yeah, do we got anybody okay, on? Cool. No, no, we're good. Let's go. Yeah, so um, we've been talking about it for years, man. Like this team has need to make a trade. They need to shake it up. Their roster is presently constructed. Wasn't going to get it done. They completely abandoned the concept of even attempting to play defense. You know, they're a bad defensive team, so their solution is to add Enos Cantor. We're a bad defensive team. Our solution is to add Carmelo Anthony. It's like doubling down on scorers when you already have one of the most prolific scorers in the game. So I think we kind of all knew. And you, Portland, to me, was just one of those squads like, yeah, they might give you some exciting performances. If Dame puts on, like, his cape, you might win some games. You might fuck around and win a series, but it's not sustainable for long-term success. And it's not the roadmap to a championship. So they obviously um, need to make a move. And I think if they were really serious about it, that move probably did need to start with CJ. And it's clear that they were based on what they did yesterday. How do you feel about it? Yeah. I Before mean, we even we, get into I've the been, details of the trade, like just deal, their, yeah. their direction in general. I just think that Dame was loyal to a fault. Um, I don't know what's next for them. And we kind of have a little, we're going to talk about that and what they're going to do and what the next move is. I think he was just loyal to a fault, man. We we I get it. 
It's part. That's like his character. Yeah. But it's either pick a ring or be loyal to Portland, a team that you've given everything already in a vast majority of your career. I think that it was very clear that they, the teams that they were putting together weren't going to get it done. And it wasn't Dame's fault. And now we're in a situation where Dame is now by himself. They're going to try to convince him to stay. And I don't know if I would trust them if I was him. I think that's what it comes down to. So we'll see. So because there's some there's some other situations around the league where he would be very very he'd be a really good fit and be able to like legit Matt Stafford it and and make a real push to try to get a ring. So I got some thoughts on that. Let's get in the trade first and let's circle back on that because uh, I I might be coming from a different direction on ultimately what he's gonna do. Yeah. But uh, let's just get into the deal itself. So yesterday, the Trailblazers, uh, they acquired Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Tomas Sedaransky, some dude named Lazada, a protected 2022 first-round pick. Yeah, Didi. And a protected <laughs> 2022 first-round pick and the better of Portland and New Orleans 2026 second-round pick. So whatever. Pretty much they got Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and a protected first-round pick in exchange for C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. Shout out Tony Snell, uh, still collecting checks over here in the NBA. Good checks. You know, he hasn't missed a free throw in three years. I saw the yeah, statistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, f- how many? He was taking, 40, what, 55? 46 in the last yeah. three years. Yeah, so pretty much they get C.J. McCollum, and uh, they ship out C.J. McCollum, and Larry Nance, who I like. So yeah. from Portland's perspective, you get back Josh Hart, solid guard, Better defender than CJ, but nowhere near the offensive player. And you pick up, which I thought was interesting, to kill Alexander Walker, a 23-year-old, young, up-and-coming player. Obviously has some things to work on with this game as far as shooting and stuff. But if you want to pull, pull back young pieces, that's that's a pretty good haul for them. Um, and then you clear out a shit ton of cap space by getting off of that CJ deal, getting off of the Larry Nance deal, and adding in another first-round draft pick. So... Yeah, here, here's a, if you're watching live right now, here's the, the actual graphic that is kind of reshaping the Blazers. They got 20.9 trade exception and, and up to $50 million in cap space for this upcoming year. They could have two lottery picks in the 2022 NBA draft, and then they have uh, they can rely on young players, Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. So Simons is balling this year. Simons is nice. Simons is real nice. (laughs) He's like 22. Yeah. He's got, it's just like that. All that stuff we say about when these dudes get like an opportunity and they have some confidence. He's one of those guys where he's just out there playing. He's, he's, uh, he's just just like Desmond Bain, just like so fearless types. A hundred percent. So when I, when I saw this and when I was kind of thinking about this trade, and uh, just kind of, and then seeing that graphic, seeing what they have going forward, right? Yeah. Seeing that they still have Dame, they got yeah. a couple of young guys. Anthony Simmons plays very well next to Dame. He's a better defender than CJ, so he's, he kind of checks that box for them. He plays the two, so he slides right back into that starting backcourt spot. Then you got some young talent, and you got all this cap space plus these picks. I really think that Dame Lillard. Um, and from the reporting, from what it sounds like, Dame Lillard was in on this trade, right? Like, they didn't just make this trade and then tell Dame about it afterwards. I don't think they just made this trade and then tell CJ about it afterwards. I think both of these guys knew what it was. And I think that they kind of sold Dame on the fact that, look, man, what we have right now isn't going to work. 
there's absolutely nothing that we can do this year that will make us a contender, right? Like absolutely nothing we can do for 2022. It's a wash. You know, it's a wash. You're hurt right now. We're 12th in the West. Like we're not going to make any run at anything this year. And for the future as presently constructed, we know how this is going to end. New front office comes in. I think they're telling Dame, hey, look, man, we're going to give you a clean slate. We're going to clear off a shit ton of money off the books. Construct gonna, it how you want. We're Exactly. We're going to pick up a bunch of draft picks. We're also going to have a $21 million trade exception. For those that don't understand how that works, that means the Blazers, normally in NBA uh, trade, salaries have to match up. The Blazers essentially have an extra $21 million to work with to make a salary uh, match up. So they could trade a player that makes $10 million and bring back a player that makes 30 which is huge when you're talking about trying to land superstars. So if they're looking at it like that, it's like, Dame, you're the GM. You got the clean slate. You go out and recruit all summer. You find out what superstars you want us to land. We got some young guys here for you. We're going to have two lottery picks. We're going to have $50 million in cap space. We're going to have a massive trade exception, and we're going to be incredibly motivated to make you happy. So, like, yes, you could try to force your way to a different situation in the league. You can try to do all that other stuff. But we know, you said it earlier, we know you're a loyal guy. So stay here and build your own thing in Portland. And I think 100% that's the conversation that happened in Portland. And while Dame loves CJ, right, that's his boy, he knew it wasn't going to work. And Dame said, yeah, I'll go down this option. Because remember, there's always somebody in the league that's not happy. Sure. And Dame's a popular star, and I get it. Portland's not a glamour city, but when you already have a star there, and when you talk about some of these guys who are looking to get out of there, man, they could do a lot with that. And with the $50 million, it's not necessarily landing a huge fish. You could grab a whole bunch of nice pieces and then try to use that trade exception to swing a bigger fish. However you want to do it, um, I think it actually gives them a ton of flexibility. And we talk about all the time, man, there's no value in chasing the sixth seed, right? There's no value yeah. in chasing mediocrity. So why not? Is that, huh. is that too much of a lift for Dame, though? So, I, so just so I'm clear, I got to construct the whole roster, recruit him, get him over here, sell him on Portland, and score thirty a night, and probably probably give up five and and go get five boards, five six dimes, huh? But you're making that's it sound that, like that's something that he wouldn't want to do. What that, player wouldn't what, want to have that kind of control? Oh my God, a lot, a lot that, of players, and. I don't know if I'm a good fucking GM. I got to sit down with the cat man and figure no, all this come shit out. Come on, man. He's not so actually. You know right, 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 right. But he's going to identify you, targets. This is sure. who I want. This is who sure. we should be talking to. I like this guy. This is who I and, kick it with in the summer and talked about playing together. You know how this who, shit goes. Yeah, but can he get enough guys that are going to make them championship contenders in the next two years? When I can just pack my house up and leave, hey, today, and have a chance to really make but, a push at a conference final. But where? If I were to go but to where? Philly, it's like, hey, man, we try. Hey, Philly wasn't interested. Philly wasn't interested. Philly? We hollered at them. They weren't interested. They're focused. They're fixated on James Harden, so we can't get you over there. Where else would you like to go? I don't know. Somewhere. Where else would you but like you to get go? What I, uh, Listen, apparently, we could have traded you for the Sacramento and gotten back Halliburton, but nobody look, told us, so I don't know. <laughs> Listen, the draft picks, whatever, man. I don't have time for all that. He needs to be slotted in a win-now spot, the tipping point guy. 
But maybe where is that? Maybe he goes to Brooklyn. I don't know where it is. I mean, yeah. it's such Philly is such a good fit that it kind of like it, it. It I can't see past but, it. But that Philly situation is not happening because they want. They obviously chose James over Dame. I so think this you, is. I don't know where. I don't know where what trade he could force for himself because I don't who, know who's. Who's big game hunting like that? Like you, it would have to be. If you're Portland, he's under contract, so it has to make sense. You know what I mean? They're not. They're not. They don't have to trade him, and he's not going to do a Ben Simmons and not show up. I think that this is what they sat down and agreed on. And it's like, yo, the front office before, yeah, they did him wrong, but this is entirely new operation. Yeah, they just replaced their front office, right? So I think that if again, this guy, if loyalty is his thing, and I think the biggest mistake he ever made was like early in his career, consistently pledging his undying loyalty to Portland because they yeah. took that shit for granted, right? They took it for granted because he was adamant about, I'm not doing super teams. I'm not leaving. And it, that was like his big thing. He's out here dropping rap bars about it and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So obviously they took that for granted, but this is a new regime. So if he doesn't like it, he can then ask to get the fuck out. Hey, you'll know after this summer what the deal is. I mean, this is a quick turnaround, right? Like they have... Starting right now, they should be working and through the summer. And if at the end of the summer you don't like what happened, hey, guess what? You got a $20 million trade exception to also get me the fuck up out of here. Easy. So I think it's a good situation for him. I mean, I think I think he's going to get the I, opportunity to kind of to do the whole LeBron thing. And like you said, maybe he doesn't I, want to, but I think he was 100% on board with this trade and this plan. Yeah, I also feel like... Does he have the energy for this? Like, you know how, like, does he? I just worry that when he sits back and really looks at everything and how everything shakes, he's still going to want to leave. He might. You know what I mean? Like, this is a lot, a lot. Like, this is a rebuild, a retool, whatever you want to call it. And I just don't know if he, that's my gut feeling is that, he want, I Why do we forget that he told us he wanted to leave in the summer? He said, I want to get out of here. Yeah. And then he just kind of shut it down and didn't and has, say anything. And he hasn't said that. anything since. He hasn't said anything since. And now he's out on an injury with absolutely no, no need to rush back at all. I wouldn't bring him back at all. He probably won't come back at all. Right? So it's like, what was the, the young boys of, play strength in that was, draft position? But what was the point of wasting this year? You feel me? Because he didn't want to ask for he didn't want to ask for the trade. Why he did though? He mentioned no, it. he mentioned it, but you know how to, he didn't force his hand. But but that's the thing. Like that's where I say he's loyal to a fault. Like there you go. This we going into the year we knew on this no catch up podcast knew what that team was going to look like. Right. It's exactly where they would be right now. I thought they'd be a little better personally. I but did not. They they were always going to be very, very mediocre. Let me ask you this, just to play a little devil's advocate. Did Dame get enough out of CJ? Like, so let me, just so we're clear, Dame is going to go, he's going to need another two. Well, that's like, well, Anthony Simmons. Yeah, okay. So then he's maybe the, he's the starting go. two. Okay, maybe you. That's why this thing kind of falls a little bit more into place because you, oh, you got the you young guy think, in the waiting in the wings waiting for minutes. 
But this is the thing, man. Like, I don't know. Is he gonna? Does that mean he doesn't add? He doesn't try to go add a guy like Levine? I don't. I want Levine on well, the Bulls, but yeah, like, yeah, for sure he does. Yeah, I think he tries to add all types of guys. I think they try, or, or they, they or there is a team. However, or 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 Dame trusts the current regime and what they're gonna do, right? And they're gonna have his influence. Um, it's not like Ao Dame, man. We need you in uh, Portland in uh, in August at a two o'clock meeting so you can sit around and talk to fucking. You know, Corkman Formas or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. not like that, but it, it's going to be, he's going to be involved in the decision making. We just talked about this for Aaron, with about Aaron Rodgers for two years. These guys do want their voices heard. Now, this is the opportunity for your voice to be heard loud and clear. It's too late, man. Hey, Fucking it might be too years, late. But again, too late. knowing he's that loyal and he's not going to force that trade yet, this is the best option. Again, maybe after the summer, he sees what they do. Yeah, he asked out. He should have done that after this summer when they made absolutely no moves to make that basketball club better. But that's what I'm like. That's that. Hey, that's him. That's him. So maybe in his eyes, this is the best option. All right, clean slate. But either way, either way, and even if Dame leaves, this set them up fine if he leaves too, because you have a treasure chest of draft picks already, and you're going to get more if you end up trading Dame. So if you're Portland, applaud them for hitting the reset on this because. This situation a thousand percent needed a reset. Yeah. So I go back to my question. Do you think that they got enough out of CJ? Why what what could CJ have turned it up a notch and helped out a little more than he did? I love CJ. I love his yeah. game. I think he's one of the smoothest offensive players I've seen in a, a while. Um, I love CJ, I love his game. I think he can really fill it up. But could could he have helped Dame a little more? Uh, I mean, yes, he's had some injuries issues. Um, he could have learned how to play defense. <laughs> I mean, that was the big one of the biggest That's problems with big, them. It really, it really about, came right? down to like neither of them. They're both minus defenders, and you just can't have that in a 2022 NBA backcourt. Backcourt, yeah, yeah. It, well, especially when you the problem was if you were going to do that, and this is where it comes down to the organization. So I don't really push it on CJ. If you are going to do that, you need to surround them with high IQ. Wing defenders, versatile defenders, guys who can switch, guys who can pick up point guards. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you – you need Larry Nances and those type of guys, but you didn't have any interest in keeping those type of guys or building a team full of those guys. You got to understand, you can, you have enough scoring. Between those two guys, you have enough scoring. You got to put other things around them. But all yeah. they ever wanted to do was just keep adding more scoring. And it just never made sense. If you add Cantor, but he's unplayable in the playoffs in the fourth quarter. So yeah. what 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 is this guy gonna do for you? So I mean, yeah, I think can't that, switch, can't do. Yeah, I, I think it's more of an organizational problem with them than a CJ problem. But either way, that thing had to be broken up. You weren't gonna you weren't gonna do anything by running that back. Okay. Real quick on the New Orleans side of it. So New Orleans, I was just, adds, I, was just yeah. I was just gonna say what you think about the New Orleans side. So New Orleans adds a veteran player, which they desperately needed, a veteran productive player in CJ McCollum. Um, they've actually, so I was looking at it. The Pelicans started one and eleven, and they're twenty and twenty one since. So they're on a nice little run here playing 500 basketball. Zion yeah, is they still got, they got they got Valentinus on the squad. Yeah, it's your boy. Zion is still a myth. <laughs> a myth at this point. We don't know where is where he is, what his deal is, what what, what the story is with him. But I, I think for them up. Yeah, go ahead. When go you're ahead. a team like that and you know you're never getting any free agents, if you believe that McCollum's an upgrade over Josh Hart, then you make that deal. 
Like, if you're the Pelicans, you just got to throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks, and hopefully you can put together a competent basketball team. But I don't mind them grabbing a veteran leader like C.J. McCollum to pair with some of those young players. This is a guy who's done it before. This is a guy who's been in playoff series. This is a guy who we know is a stand-up dude. He's going to be great for that locker room. Uh, when healthy, he's definitely an impact player. So I got no problem with them um, making that move because Josh Hart's not taking you anywhere. But it all, obviously, anything with New Orleans starts and ends with Zion, which at some point, like, how much longer are we going to say that? Because you don't even hear I anything. Just, you don't see the videos of him working out. You don't see I him posting Instagram shit. I don't know what the I don't is. understand how you just give back a whole year of your career like that. Willingly. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. Well, at, at this not, age, at 22. You're not – I guess you've been battling injuries, but it's been, a lot been, more You've been battling the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot more to it than that. And I just – man, that's uh, – Well, you know what they got to do this summer, Part right? of it that bothers me, man, is that it seems like a mental thing, you know? So like, let me ask you this. It's not about him playing ball because we know he can hoop. It's just like a, it's a mental thing that he's not out there playing with the guys and trying to, you know, build on well, he, his the he, great he start doesn't, of his career. He doesn't want to be in New Orleans, obviously. He never wanted to be in New Orleans. But, but then me- don't – yo, that goes back to my other shit. I talk about this all the time. If you're going to do this, tell them before the draft, listen, do not take me off the board. I'm not coming. I'm not bringing my family down there. I'm not doing this shit. Don't do what you're doing now. How many games has he missed? 115? He's, he's played in 84 games out of, call it 240. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So let me ask you this. So if you don't this... want to go, don't go. Don't, don't sabotage yourself. Crazily enough, this summer they have to decide on whether or not they're giving him the max extension. If you're the Pelicans, if you're David Griffin, and Zion and is he Rich Paul? Whoever his people are, show up. No, he's CIA. CIA. Zion yeah. and Austin Brown. Shout out Austin Brown. Um, yeah. show up to your door. And they say, Hey, look, man, we want our four-year, five-year rookie max extension. What do you do? I, it's you go with the gut feeling that you've been talking to him and you've been seeing him work out and you see where his mental is. If you think his mental is not locked, then you don't do it. And you just pass on the Zion Williams thing as a whole at that point. If he doesn't want to play there, or or I guess you sign him and trade him. But if he never gets on the he never gets on the floor to trade, like you know, if you're a team, are you, if you're a team, are you trading like, for two hundred million dollars worth of Zion is, Williams? This is a very insider question. You have to be closer to the situation to know where his head is at, because because he could he could be doing shit at the crib, doing whatever, not even hooping. That's what it sounds like. I mean, you would be hearing whatever. about his rehab. You don't hear anything about it. It's not like they there's no timetable, and we don't really know what what is he is he injured or is he just not fit? Like what's 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 the deal? You know, like I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, no. So I think that's. That's what you gotta ask yourself. You got it's gotta be someone that's close to the situation that has been talking to him, has been keeping in contact with him. And where do you, where do you trade him right now? 
and just try to just just try to get a bundle back. This isn't going well. Nothing about this. This this hasn't gone well since the start. It's never gone well, right? Remember even with the bubble. Remember when he showed up to the bubble then left for like two weeks because of the personal reasons or some shit. Like it's just never gone well. I don't understand. Yeah, you know man, what I mean? I really like, really if you could it. grab a first round pick for him, I might just be like, look, man. Because either that or you got to pay him $200 million or whatever the rookie max extension is. It's a lot of money. <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we on the way to the league being like five teams? There's only five teams people will play for? Yes. Like, I'll, I'll play for the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Nets, and the Heat. Oh, yeah, that's, that's it. it. The I, like, cause like, is that where we're headed, bro? Like, so his his rookie extension is five years, one hundred eighty-one million. God, maybe he's just waiting for that. To, maybe he's just waiting to sign that, and then he'll, maybe he'll just never play again. Probably not. Maybe he'll just wait, sign that, and then just. I mean, again, like you don't hear like man, <laughs> Zion Williams. Zion Williams is dying to get back on the court. Like you don't hear anything other than that when you hear him. He might he might be four hundred pounds. You saw him in that. Yeah, sport, I mean, you saw him in that Sprite commercial with Zach Levine. He was looking healthy, like not yeah. in a good way. <laughs> bad, bad, <laughs> like he was bad PR decision. Drinking a lot of Sprite. Yeah. Your, why? Why are you gonna have your fat athlete in a Sprite commercial? You got to get your money. <laughs> nah, give my man a Powerade commercial or something. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So we'll see. But I don't. I don't mind the move for the Pelicans overall. I think that that's a uh, anytime you can upgrade talent, especially a situation like that where no one's signing with you. Um, why not? Grab CJ McCollum. He's a, he's a yeah. BC level star for you. No question. All right. You want to move over to you want to talk to this Halliburton? Makes no yeah. sense. The worst, this, this is the worst trade I've ever seen. Break it down. And so let's start, let's start by saying this, right? I understand. And I heard a lot of this yesterday. I understand that DeMontis Sabonis is a really good player. We've watched Sabonis. I think yeah, you've, I like I think you've talked about him on the pod before. I think he's one of your guys, right? I like Sabonis. I know, I know he, has a, he has a Sean-type game. Young guy, 25 years old, giving you what, like 22, 11, and 5. Like really, really, really good multi-time all-star player, right? I don't understand. For the life of me, if you are the Sacramento Kings, and you have a 21-year-old player who you just selected in the lottery last year who has publicly stated that he wants to be a part long-term of your shitty franchise because you have been a shitty franchise since game six of the fucking 2001 Western Conference Finals when you lost to the Lakers and haven't been good since then, right? This team hasn't made the playoffs in 20 years. You get a guy like Halliburton, who everybody loved coming out the draft, Everybody loved during his rookie year. We watched a few Halliburton games, and you're just like, yo, I watched this guy. This guy under- this guy gets it, right? He plays, yeah, he, he understands basketball. Understands basketball at a high level, plays yeah. it the right way, and will will at some point in his career affect winning positively, right? Yeah. He takes a leap this year. He's giving you 17 points, nine assists, four dimes, shooting 43% from the field. Um, obviously, the team's not doing well, but that's not his fault. Your roster is shit. But he is literally your bright spark, right? Like, if yeah. there was a definition of an untouchable player on the Kings, it should have been Tyrese Halliburton. Instead, yesterday, shockingly, shockingly, the Kings trade Tyrese Halliburton 
for Jeremy Lamb. I'm sorry, the, the yeah. The Kings trade Charlie's Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2023 second round pick. In a move, is that what it was? Yeah. In a move uh, that was universally panned by everybody as soon as they saw it. When I saw that trade, I was shocked. I wasn't shocked the Pacers made a deal. I wasn't shocked the Kings made a deal. I was shocked that you made a deal to include a 21-year-old lottery pick who is on the up, wants to be there, and is on a rookie contract when you are a franchise and a team that is headed nowhere. Bringing in an all-star for most teams is usually a good thing. Bringing in an all-star when you are the Sacramento Kings and you are completely rudderless and your current roster makes no sense and Sabonis does nothing for you absolutely makes no sense, especially at the expense of a young 21-year-old foundational type player. That's making number 12 pick money. Not this number two num- pick money. Not number one pick money. He's making number 12 pick money. For another two he's, years. For another two years. He's 21 years old, and he's been hooping. Like, been hooping. He's averaging 14 points, seven assists, four boards, two steals. Extremely 40, efficient dude. 46 from the field, 40 from three. Just, like, a really good player, really good dude. Like, you've heard him talk. Like, like just seems like a really, like, good head on his shoulder. But fuck all that. Just from a basketball perspective. Yeah. A young player that you want to build around. Like, you nailed that draft pick, right? You nailed that draft pick. Yeah. No one thought you were trading this guy. Then you turn around and trade him to Indiana in a deal that makes zero sense. Because what? You think that Buddy Heald and DeMontis Sabonis is the beginning of a playoff foundation? That's your core that you want to go forward with? Yeah. That's what you're going to build around. I know some also, too. also, if you were so willing to trade Tyrese Halliburton, guess what? Let people know. There's 31 other teams out there. Allow them to bid on Halliburton because I am sure there are some of them that would have put together a better package than that. They got, they got, no one's talking about the Buddy Heald edition either. That's not a bad pickup either. Yeah, Buddy Heald is fine, but, but Sacramento's been one to get rid of him. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That, yo. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. You, if, you know what? Actually, that's a great point. They did. They did ship out Buddy Hill, who's going to be able to play. He's going to be able to play on Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. Very smart. Yeah. True. Like no one. No one's even mentioned him as part of the deal. Yeah. Like he's, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I think one of the biggest things is I think you got to start believing some of these guys. Like even Buddy Hill, before he signed that deal, remember that fiasco? Yeah. He basically was like, fuck the Kings. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Like, you know what? Like, offer me the money or not. I don't want to be here anyway. So then they offer him the bag. It, like, he used it as a as a leverage point, and it worked. And then he signed, and then immediately was like, mm, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Like, no one wants to be out. Like, no one wants to be over there. So I think you just got to – I don't know, man. I don't know what you do with the franchise like the Kings because no one wants to be there. Well, even the guys that do want to be there, you, you trade move. them. <laughs> right. that's, that's the point. That's what, that, that makes it even dumber. Like, he had a whole long speech about how he wanted to be there and how he's there for the long haul, how he wants to be yeah. part of the rebuild. Like, he wanted to be there. But besides all that, 
on paper, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you are a rebuilding team. Is this like a win-now move for them? Like, they just made a win-now move that they're not going to win any more games with. Like, again, I like Sabonis, man. He's a good player. Like, he, he's a really good player. And I wish that he would have got traded to a better situation. But this doesn't do anything for the Kings. Like, what's your next move after this? Because now you're kind of locked into De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. And then somehow, inexplicably, Marvin Bagley III is still on your roster. And you don't even play him. Yeah. So, like, what, what are you doing? What, at what point did you wake up yesterday and say, you know who we need to move on from? Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, so it's just, let, let, let's get a guy who probably you know reached his ceiling in Sabonis. Like Sabonis is as good as he's gonna be, you which know is good. What I but think, you know what I think? I think sometimes we think that there is a big group of motherfuckers sitting in a room going over all this shit. Yeah. And there's a couple motherfuckers making decisions, and someone got on the phone and got finessed. Like that, like sometimes, like that's what it comes down. So you to. think the Kings called the Pacers, like, "Hey, we know you guys are getting rid of Sabonis. We'd like him." And they're like, "Yeah." Then the Kings, pro- the Pacers, like, yeah, give us Hall- give like, like, Halliburton. <laughs> they're like, "Fine." Like, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. like for real. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of this stuff, like people think that this is like a huge dissected thing. Sometimes it is, or sometimes we think that these guys like are smarter. Calling another dude on the phone. And he's finessing him out of his best player. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You're I most... think that's that's a big part of it. Look, how do you trade your most promising player and you don't even land back like a superstar? Because they said, oh, we get an all-star back and then they're praying De'Aaron Fox is going to want to stay. And Who doesn't want to be there? Right, but they're praying he's going to want to stay. So it's like, so hey, we gonna, got Halliburton who wants gotta, to be here and Fox who doesn't want to be here. Let's let's keep Fox and let's so trade Halliburton. We got to guard it. We got a guard and a big man, and we'll build around that. That's and exactly neither of them what they Neither of them can shoot. So we, have no, we, literally, we literally have no shot. I think someone said the stat yesterday. The Kings have no one on their roster that shoots above 33% <laughs> from, from three. Yeah. So, but that's like what they're thinking is my, is my guess. But what yeah, a shit I mean, franchise! You just don't get rid of guys making no money and playing really well that want to be there. I mean, that's, just, that goes you, without saying. You just he had a don't couple do games it. this year with like 13, 14 dimes. Like I think he had seventeen dimes the other night. Yeah, like he's um, good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a good young point guard. Like you, that's a position that you want. Like this guy is productive. Like. And then, I, and then he could go sit down with and get that release a little quicker with Lonzo's guy. He needs uh, to call whoever Lonzo. Yeah, he does need to call Lonzo's boy. Get that well, he's little still shooting forty-one percent from three. Yeah, but they're all yo, and you know this because yeah. we watch him. He's all, I he's ninety-nine percent of the time shooting by himself. Sure, he's like he's at the top of the key by himself. So like, sure. go get go get Lonzo's boy to 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 start working with you there because he puts. That's the thing. He's putting so much pressure on defenses that he's always getting open looks, like at the top of the key, always. So, hey man, and the Pacers get back. You know who they get back, right? Uh, TJ Warren, the bucket gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, like, <laughs> that dude has he hasn't played since the bubble. <laughs> but no, Pacers, hey. Pacers fuck around, push for the East. But for real, the Pacers came out and said like, hey. They remember it was the beginning of the year. They're like, we want to rebuild, but not bottom out. And that's exactly what they're that's doing. That's exactly what the fuck they're doing. They looked at Sabonis and Turner and said, we got to get rid of one of these guys. 
They have so many guards now, though. They got what? So it's Brogdon, Dorte, Heel, Dorte. But you can move. But you can, flip, but you can turn around and flip Buddy Hill for a first round pick right now. Yeah, you can get a protected one off Buddy Hill. Call the Lakers. Hey, protected one. But get so you can get. That's the thing. They have a ton of flexibility. And now you yeah. have Halliburton. So you have Halliburton, Brogdon, and Turner under contract. Yeah. Dorte's a rookie. Dorte's a rookie, so he's under contract. You have what's his face as a trade piece, um, and Buddy Hill that can get you another first round pick. You got shit from the Levert trade. Like, yo, you're looking solid over there. And so you got a Turner, young foundational piece back. Yeah. So does Turner go nuts <laughs> at the five now? Yeah, absolutely. Do you see did you just, see did you see what he posted on uh Twitter after the trade? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was the Spice Adams doing the dancing roll around. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. He's, so he's, just gonna, he's hurt he's, right now, but when he comes back, yeah, he plays the five. He fucking – and Tyrese Halliburton makes life extremely easy for him. Yeah. So you go with him. You have Dorte. You have Brogdon when he comes back. When he's healthy, Brogdon's good. You can slide him into a lot of different spots. Halliburton yeah. plays the one, and you just build your team out because you're going to have another good draft pick. They're in an excellent spot. Like, if you want to look at rebuilding on the fly – like, again, they looked at their team this year and were like, yeah, we have nice players, but we're not fucking doing anything. I, fuck it. We'll punt on Sabonis. We'll yeah. try to punt on Turner. But if, if somebody wants to trade for him because he's hurt, that's fine. Let's actually keep him. Let's bring in Halliburton. Let's take a look at Buddy Heald if we want to for the rest of the year. I mean, you have some options because no one expects anything from you. Plus, you got Carlisle in place. So you have your coach in place. You're good. Hey, you're good. You're a couple tweaks here and there away from being a solid team. And the, again, you just stole a 21 year old point guard on a rookie deal. Yeah. Bravo. Yes, sir. All right, let's move. Uh, we got about 10 more minutes. You want to move? You want to talk Lakers? You want to talk Nets first? Let's, do, let's, let's talk the Harden situation. Yeah. Because we were talking about that in the group chat. And I'm going to pull up the group chat because we were, we were going back and forth. We're going back and forth. See if I can put it. Okay, yeah. So our thing is like, I just was, I was literally sitting down eating dinner before I went and did some some stuff for work later that night. And I was like, I texted Nick and the guy, and I was like, there's no way Harden gets moved by tomorrow or Thursday, right? Kind of asking, but kind of talking to myself. You know how you do that? Yep. Like, ain't no way he gets moved, right? Like, or will he get moved? And Nick came back immediately and was like, man, my gut tells me he gets moved in the next couple of days. And I couldn't see it. So I want I want to bring that. What makes you think that he gets moved? You think it's just a necessity thing? And we've seen this movie before. Don't yeah. let these superstars rot on your roster because eventually you're going to lose. And you just gotta get out. You just gotta move off of them. Well, this is right in your wheelhouse, man. When someone tells you something, believe him. Yeah. When someone I mean, tells yeah. you something, and and I, maybe he hasn't said it directly, but damn, through intermediaries, James Harden has been requesting a trade for the Brooklyn Nets for the past two weeks. Every single day, you hear something. Hey, is he gonna want to resign there? He doesn't like living in New York because the taxes. It's too cold. Kyrie doesn't work. Steve Nash is late game road. Tight. Yeah, exactly. The hammy is number one. Well, as soon as the hammy starts getting tight, that's something they can't see, <laughs> but you can yeah. feel. Um, you know, Steve Nash. I don't like Steve Nash's rotations. I don't know the direction of this team. What are we going to be doing? There's a lot of egos in here. Is it my squad? Whatever it is, 
he has been putting it out there that he doesn't want to stay there, right? He's got a player option for next year, which he's most certainly going to decline so that he can, you know, go into a long-term deal. And if you're Brooklyn, you really got to look at it and be like, man, do we want to be left holding the back? If he truly doesn't want to be here, if he doesn't want to play for our team, look, guess what? The New York taxes aren't going to change. The weather's not going to change, and they're not going to fire Steve Nash. So if those – and the Kyrie situation certainly will not change. He will not – I can tell you right now, I don't know if it's a newsflash to everybody, Kyrie Irving will not have an epiphany and all of a sudden change the type of man that he is. He is fully dug into being that individual, and he's not going to change his mind. So if those are all things that James Harden's not going to deal with, um, if I'm Harden, I'm like, man, do I really want to hitch my wagon to this guy for the next five years? Unstable Kyrie, vax or no vax, Kyrie's going to play when he wants to, right? If it's not the vax mandate, it's I don't want to play because of the January 6th riots. It's I need to go attend a family situation, so I'm going to be gone for a few days. It's all this cryptic ass, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm a man. I'm the chief of my tribe bullshit that he pulls. And if you're James Harden and you desperately want to get a ring before you get up out of here, why would you want to attach yourself to that? And if you hate living in New York, you lived in New York. If you don't want to live in New York, that's probably the last place you want to be. Because everything yeah. New York about it will piss you off. So he's saying, hey, over the next five years, do I want to spend X amount of money living in Brooklyn? Spend half the money I make on rent, you know, on where I live? Or do I want to go somewhere else, plan a better situation, and get the fuck away from these guys? And I think that that's what he's been telling us since day one. So if you're Brooklyn and you decide to hold on to him, and he leaves in, a, in free agency, don't be shocked because he's been telling you. He has been telling you. If you're Philly, who we're talking about with this trade, I understand Philadelphia is concerned about giving James Harden a long-term deal. I would, too. He shows up every year completely out of shape, usually uses about half the season to get in shape. It actually hasn't really worked for him this year. He's having a down year. Um, but again, there's also a whole bunch going on there. A lot of noise. Um, you're, you're probably reluctant to give him that long-term deal without some sort of commitment to physical fitness that he hasn't made on the flip side. You got a guy making $40 million a year on your roster under contract who doesn't want to be there. Who's never going to suit up for you again. This is all, this is all Kyrie Irving's fault in my opinion. This whole James came to do one thing. He came to play with Katie and Kyrie. One guy's not playing. By the way, who handpicked the coach is not playing and doesn't look like you could trust him to play. Like 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 you were just saying. You've never been able to. So I think James is cutting his bait early, like, eh. This is not what I thought it was. This ain't it. Let me go ahead and get up out of here. It's, it's, I think it's that simple. Yeah. If they were playing together and gelling and winning, he doesn't care so much about living in New York. Yeah, I don't really like it that much, but I'm going to be able to get a ring. So I'll deal with this shit for the <clears> time <throat> being. Maybe I get a ring and I get up out of here then. But you're telling me I don't like where I live. I don't really like the coach. My team stinks. And I I was sold a lie. Yeah. Things change. 
the situation with Kyrie with, with the vaccine, I guess, did happen after the fact. But he's just, I think, hey, listen, man, there's a lot of players around the league that are vaxxed that are playing their ass off. Kyrie doesn't think he should have to do that. That's fine. But this is the fallout of that. Simple. James doesn't want to play anymore with those guys. Or with or James wanted James wants what he signed up for. He's not getting it, so he wants to get out of it. I think it's that simple. I think the whole living in New York thing is at the bottom of the list. He doesn't want to live in New York and lose. If he was winning, oh, winning, he was, winning, he winning all, problem in New York. winning always cures everything. But yeah, when you go home after a fifteen-point loss to fucking, you know, you're, you're tiny, not tiny. Obviously, James is living nice, but he's paying yeah, a lot but, of money to do that, and he's he's a Cali boy. Um, <laughs> which look, moving to Philadelphia, you're not going to solve the weather problem. I can tell you that. But sure. um, I just think that yeah, he doesn't want to be there, and he probably is also like, man, you know what? I had my best success when I was with my boy Maury. Just get me over to Philly. And like I was saying, the Philly part yeah, of it. Philly gets it. Even if you're or Philly and you're worried it. about giving him a long-term deal, I would still trade for him regardless. And if it doesn't work out or you decide, hey, we don't want to pay this guy the next five years, fine. It cost you Ben Simmons, who wasn't coming back anyways. And now you just have Joel Embiid, a shit ton of cap space, and some options to make some other moves. Because Ben Simmons is not putting on a Philadelphia 76ers uniform ever again. So whatever you can get for him, Especially because trading for James Harden makes you're already a contender. It makes you a legitimate contender. It adds you another legitimate superstar to your roster. And you just yeah. go for it for this year. And if you decide this summer, like, man, I really don't think this is the guy that we want to give five years. Uh, at that point, I think it's $270 million to. Fine. Fine. It cost you Ben Simmons, who wasn't coming back anyways. So at this point, if you can get anything for Simmons, take it. Who cares about the long-term thing? It's not going to be perfect like that because this is an imperfect situation. But get Simmons out of the building or wherever he is. Get him out of Philadelphia. Get Harden in there and just kind of go from there. Don't worry about all that other shit. Don't worry yeah. about the long-term deal. It doesn't matter because if you lose him at the end of the offseason because you don't want him, I'm not going to look bad on Philadelphia and be like, oh, man, they, they jagged that. Because Ben Simmons wasn't coming back regardless. It's now yeah. game 50. The report said he's lost already $19 million this year. Trust me. Folks is dug in. He ain't coming back. He's not going to wake up one day and be like, you know what, mate? I want to play. Like, it's not going to happen. Man, I do not get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. But all the articles have come out. that They've talked about it. I guess he was upset that no one, that Doc Rivers didn't. So <laughs> you should read this article that Ramona Shelburne wrote last week. It was like an update on it. But one of the things that said, and this lets me into Ben Simmons' psyche. So I guess after the season had ended, he was upset that Doc didn't come to see him when he was in L.A. But I guess yeah. Doc was out in L.A. and was blowing up his phone and texting him. But Ben didn't return the text or phone calls. But Ben was like, Doc knows where I'm at in L.A. He knows the gym I hang out at. He should have came to it. And I'm just like, mm, one of those. You're one of those? My man's hits you on the phone. <laughs> he hits you with the text. Yeah. Yo, let's meet up. Let's grab lunch. Let's grab a drink. Where you at? What's he wants man? to be wanted. You want him to bro. be like, a, like your girl? You want to be like a stalker, like girlfriend? Like, hey, where you at? Like, you know, I, I pulled up to where you're at. Like, come on, man. Like, chill. He bro. wants to be He wants to be wanted, man. That's like very clear. And he, he, he feels like. You didn't pull up kinda, on me? 
they kind of disrespected him when they, you know, with, with all the shit in the press conferences and how they dealt with the situation. So he wants to go somewhere where he's wanted. He wanted a whole song and dance about how much they want him. Yes. Like, hey, I'm exactly. going to pull up on you on your workout. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. going to run up on you when you're doing your squats. Because I mean, I'm Doc I guess, Rivers and I I'm going to be pandering. Paying you a max deal is not a proof enough. And Making then, you one of the faces of the franchise. It's not proof enough. And then literally forcing us to play four on five on offense is, is not is not signal enough that we actually want you on the team. So yeah. we gotta We're sorry that you were in trade rumors last year and we're sorry that Joel, <laughs> we're sorry that Joel was unhappy with your performance last year. Which was which was, was bad. And that your coach wasn't sure that they could win with you as a point guard. I mean, he's acting like they were like, Man, Ben sucks. Fuck Ben. I mean, look, they, they threw him under the bus a little bit, so I'll move on. Have a conversation with Joe. Yeah. Have a conversation. That's what it seems like. It seems like he won't – he's just not open to sit down and have that conversation. Then you show up to practice with the cell phone in the pocket. Like, the whole the whole situation is wild to me. So, yeah, that's a loss. Trade him. If it's for one year of Harden, fine. If it's for one year of Dame, fine. Like, literally fucking put him – trade him. Stop asking for all this other shit for him because he's just a loss asset anyway. So, like, I know they yeah. want to recruit as much as they can for a 25-year-old All-NBA player. But you can't even look at him like that anymore. You got to look at him yeah. as a guy you have to get off your roster and get back whatever you can. And you should not be turning down impactful deals for Ben Simmons. I agree. We'll leave that there. All right, let's close the show on uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, man. Did you hear what LeBron said in the presser yesterday? After the game? I did not. I don't I, I even listen to them. It's not his fault. Guy, guy, asked, guy asked LeBron if he feels like the Lakers – so basically, the reporter comes on and says, "The Bucks look like a complete basketball team. Do you think you can get to that level this year?" And you know, LeBron kind of stalls a second. He's, I think he's trying to get his thoughts together, and he goes, "Like, what? Do you, like, what exactly do you mean?" The guy's like, "Well, you know, Milwaukee's the defending champs. They look really good. You guys don't look as good. You think you guys could get to that level?" And LeBron says, "No." He goes, "No, I don't think we can." You should watch that really quick. Put yeah. me on mute and then watch that really quick. It's only like a minute. Um, type in "we're not we're, uh, we're not on Bucks level" in Twitter or something like that. It'll come up. But I thought it was really interesting because I could see LeBron trying to figure out a way to answer this question and not be honest, and he eventually just folds and he's like. Yeah, no, I don't think we have it. And I think he's known that for a while now. We know the deal with with Russell Westbrook and and what's going on there. I don't know if this is a hot take, and and I'm looking forward to getting Nick's input on this, but this is the first time I've seen Russ actually feel a little bit of pressure. Like, I've never seen Russ – It kind of seems like he is starting to feel the pressure of the situation. Like when he was catching Pete in Washington, eh, he's like, yeah, nah, I'll be good. And he did turn it around and started playing a lot better. When when he was dealing with that situation with Durant in OKC, when he left and then he, he went on to win an MVP, he didn't seem like he was worried about what people were saying and how it wasn't affecting his game on the court. This stuff that's going on with the Lakers, I don't know if it's because he's playing with LeBron and he felt like he'd have to change his game to 
to fit in or what have you. Because he's never been a good shooter. <laughs> this is not new, right? Like, him not being able to shoot jump shots is something that he's never been able to do. So it didn't affect him being impactful to the game, though. And that's that's kind of what's happening right now. He's not very impactful at all in any way, shape, or form. He's not closing games. So that's kind of where I'm at on the rust thing. I think he's actually starting to feel a little bit of that pressure. And then when you hear LeBron say, here, here's the quote. Obviously, you always kind of use games to see where you're at at the moment, but we know where we're at at this moment. We've had a couple few games under 500. We haven't played basketball that we'd like to play. I think how they're playing, Russ is starting to feel that pressure. Or not starting to. I think he's felt it, and it's changed. This is the first time I've ever seen him kind of carry it with him like he's My man is a Twitter punchline nightly. I mean, they yeah. had the they had the if Russ was the shooter thing, like all these shits were crazy. Like he gets he's getting flamed up on Twitter, right? All that shit is obviously magnified when you're playing in LA. Not to mention he's from there, so he feels the hometown pressure. I did, think you, the, did you watch that clip? I did, yeah. And I think this is one of the first times that he's ever been in a situation where, like, yeah, he's played bad, but had to feel this much national pressure. Like he yeah. playing OKC, whatever, playing in Houston, whatever like playing in Washington, whatever. But this is playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, playing with LeBron James under the intense media spotlight. You were supposed to be a difference maker for them. You were the guy that Braun wanted, and you come in here and you're playing exactly like we thought you would play. This is how he's been playing. Forget about the difference maker. You're like uh, uh, you're a a negative now. You're a negative, and you're still shooting five threes a game. On that LeBron clip, a lot of shit LeBron does is like psychological. Like, hey, I want to convince the team that we're not. So I'm going to say that. This is not that. He knows. This is it. Look, I got yeah, a hot, t- yeah, I got a hot because, take for you. Yeah, yeah, real shit. Because you can see him kind of trying to get his way out of it. Like, yeah, like, like the question. And yeah. he's like, uh, you know, like, what do you mean by that? And then, like, he yeah. gets another 10 sec, 20 seconds to come up with an answer. And he, basically, he goes, he goes, all right, man, is that what you wanted me to? He goes. I don't think we can. Is that what you yeah. wanted me to say? Is that say? what you wanted like, me to say? Is yeah. that what you wanted, bro? Like, yeah, yeah, like he's frustrated. He he, he's pissed. Yeah. He's done. He's over this year. He's li- sitting next to AD like this motherfucker. This is the guy who I chose to fucking end my career with, this clown. <laughs> um, you know, he knows he can't force his way out of LA. Here's my prediction. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I would not be surprised if LeBron James hung him up. At the end of the year. At the end of the year, at the end of next year, I, 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 unless he wants to force his way out of LA or go back on the recruit, it's just like, dude, does he does he have it in him to go back on the recruiting trail like that? The league's a lot younger. Like, man, it's a it's a different ball game out there. You got the young guys trying to form their own things. If I'm Bron and I just see my boy Tom retire, I'm like, man, I'm 38. I'm second in the league in scoring at 38 years old, and we're four games under 500. I, I don't know what to do. There's no real outs on this roster. There's nowhere moves that we can really make. So I'm going to run back this same exact thing next year. It's going to be me, AD, and whatever hodgepodge of guys that we can find. And we're still not going to be able to outlast some of these Western Conference teams. My boy Jai's up there on the come up. You know what I mean? Golden State will still be good again next year. Uh, if Chris Paul's fine, Phoenix is going to be back next year. Like, There's a lot of teams. And where do we really fit into this unless I can get another star, which requires me to have to go out and do a bunch of shit that I don't really know if I want to do anymore. I'm 38. Yeah. I turn 39 next year. I'm definitely not going to limp off a basketball court. 
That is for sure. LeBron's not going to hang around getting 14 points a game, right? So at this point, he might look at and just look at the body of work and be like, man, I can do so much else. Nike built the campus for me. I go over there, kick it, see what's going on. I'm building schools. I'm doing this. I got the Warren Buffett shit. Hey, you know what? Thank you. I, I'm I out. own a little. I own a little pizza, Liverpool. I'll go catch some. Yeah, I got. Right? Yeah, I can do it. I can do whatever the fuck I want. The most important person in Nike. You know what I mean? Like I can do whatever I want. I can start my post basketball career. I can, I can start angling to buy a team. You know, maybe I want to buy an NFL franchise. Fix this situation over there. But if I'm Bron, I I I would not be surprised if he retired. And people like he, he's 38, so like let's let's keep it real. Like this is this is a tough game to play at that age, especially at that level. And he has to carry these guys, and I don't think that's what he wanted to do at the end of his career. Like he he, he was not expected to be second in the league in scoring. I thought he could go to somewhere where he's like, yo, I could take back, back to backs off. You know, maybe not go right. on this road trip. You know, what I'm saying rest my body. Instead, it's like, no, I need to go out there and get 30. And we still lose by 15 points. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I would not be surprised. And not, he hasn't said anything about it. And no one's asking him about it, which I think is kind of surprising. But he probably, and you know what he'd say. Um, but I think this dude, I think there's a chance he retires. Shout out, I got Danny in the comments in Poland. Yeah, shout out, Danny in uh, Warsaw. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he goes in Polinka's office one more time before he retires. You think so? Yeah. I don't know about the whole recruiting thing, but it's just like, yeah, I think. But you never know. I'm not I, – I could see him at the end of this year being like, man. Well, fuck this. <laughs> it's a young man's game. Hey, what did Monte Davis say? Oh, it's a young man's game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a young mask. It's a young mask, you know, I'm done. Bro, he never came back. You mean after this year? No, I mean, today. That was my last go. He hasn't played since. That was it. Oak said, I'm finished. So, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised just because, again, man, it's like, what is he holding on for? Does he want to be 40 years old being six in the West? Like, I don't think so. I don't <clears> – of <throat> course, they're the Lakers. People will always want to go there. But it's just like, look, he made a mistake. AD was the wrong superstar to attach yourself to. Hey, you said AD. AD. Expand on that a little bit in the last couple of minutes. What, what, what makes you say that? Because when they're – man, I've seen them play really well, and it's like, Man, these motherfuckers aren't. AD's the most important dude on the team. But he's never healthy. Here's my thing with AD. AD is fucking awesome, right? But he's never healthy. Like, if he gets blown over, he's out for three games. And I still think there's another level within him. I think you saw it in the bubble, right? Like, you saw whatever that one game in the bubble where he was going crazy. Like, he has another level to be that dude, but he doesn't always bring it out. Like, he should walk on the court and get you 25 just off being there because he's that talented. But yeah. AD should be like, I'm not ready to call him like Carl Anthony Towns, but he should be up there giving you 30, 30 plus a night, dominating, being the man, taking the torch from LeBron, being the Lakers' number one guy, being the guy sure. that everything goes through, being the focal point. That's what Bron wanted. Bron set it up that way. That's what he wanted. And then Bron comes in, plays point guard, does his thing, takes some nights off, rests his body and gets ready for the playoffs. Instead, LeBron, I think LeBron is playing 38 minutes a night right now. Yeah. He leads the league in minutes. 
like this is not how he envisioned it like this look he's in great shape spends two million dollars a year on his body but it is hard to be 38 39 years old and play damn near 40 minutes a night in the nba and have to carry your squad still when that's not how you expected it to happen so i just feel like he attached himself to the wrong superstar for what he needed to do at the end of his career he needed to have the end of his career be a situation where he could slow down a little bit and then ramp it up come playoff time he hasn't had the opportunity to do that since he's been in la yeah all right we'll leave it there man i think that was entertaining i think that was fun but yeah we'll see what happens because so, uh, a couple things are getting ready to happen in the next couple days and yes. look out for your Bowie bombs and and all that and we'll see how it shakes but um all right we're out of here for big nick the quick i'm your host sean little I'm on home turf next week. I'll be back. I'll be back. We can talk some more. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Lock in with us. No catch on Sports Talk in Chicago. I'm on it.